Shut up and sit down. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. As always, we want to take a moment to remind you why you are here and listening to us today. If you're investing your valuable time into our podcast, it's because you understand the truth behind Albert Einstein's words. Problems cannot be solved by the same level of thinking that created them. So if you want to find financial freedom, make more money, quit your current 9-to-5 job, or if you want to increase your bottom line, be a better investor, or be a better business owner, then you must, must be of service to other people. So the Business Bros would love to help you turn your self-employed business into an OPR business alongside our fellow entrepreneurs and the Money Coaching Club, a.k.a. E equals MC squared. So please visit us at www.csfirst.com. That's S-I-A-S-F-I-R-S-T dot com. And as you listen today, remind yourself of these three questions regarding today's topic. What actions did I take today to reach my goal? What's holding me back from reaching my goal? And what am I waiting for? I need to schedule my free coaching call today. So now we're going to jump into our money-making activities part three. Part three. I mean, there's a trace. Part three. I mean, we got five money-making activities, and uh, we've only really gotten through the first two, you know? Which are? We've gotten through lead generation, filling that pipe with, uh, with a pipeline anyways, filling that pipeline with... Um, different opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. Making those initial contacts, talking to people, getting them, getting to know them, um, and, uh, figuring out, you know, their, their needs and their wants. Can I just point out like a couple of things about lead generation? Yeah, we talked about meeting five people a day. Yep. Right. Making five phone contacts a day and fanatical prospecting being fanatical about it you do it on a daily basis go and talk to somebody say hello hey how's it going how's the family how's work right what are you doing this weekend where do you want to you know where do we where do you want to be in five years these are ford scripts right family Uh occupation recreation did you just ford me i just forded you (laughs) (laughs) right so so be fanatical go out there you know and and by the way you can pick up jet blunt's uh book fanatical prospecting Great book, great book. I mean, it'll really put things into perspective on, you know, what you think you're doing on a daily basis with versus what you should be doing on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Or what you can be doing. Or what you can be doing, that's true, what you can be yeah. doing. So that was lead generation, I mean, in a in a quick nutshell. Yep. Right? Then we jumped into follow-up, and this is, this is uh, one of the major things where people say they do it, but, you know, that's usually the problem that they have in their business. A lot of times, uh, people who've been in business for a while don't really have a lead generation problem. They, they're they're pretty good at going out and generating new leads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They usually have a follow-up problem, right? And Makes. it's not that they don't follow up. It's that they don't follow up quick enough or they don't follow up consistently mm-hmm. or they don't continue to contact uh, existing clients or new clients or mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. to figure out where their buying window is, right? I mean, it, that that's really where, where most people fall off is in the follow-up. Yeah, that makes sense. And so we talked, you know, about the uh, objective to your follow-up phone calls. We talked about being consistent um, so that you can eventually set an appointment, Mm -hmm, right? We mm -hmm. talked a little bit about pre-qualifying and making sure that we identify what our clients need versus what they want and being the source to get 
them to from what they need to what they want most importantly right there is being of service being of service i mean that that's really what it comes down to um in in any aspect of business but in the follow-up section it's figuring out how you can be of service that's Mm -hmm. really where the follow-up comes in right it's it's making it's not only just making that contact consistently making that contact answering uh emails quickly and you know mm-hmm, you, you mm-hmm. know and one thing that i didn't say in the last one if you get an email from somebody asking you a question how cool would it be to get a phone call real quick to answer it i mean a lot of you know there's a lot of issues with tone and what you meant to say mm-hmm. when you type up an email that can quickly be solved by a quick phone call. And you'll look, Absolutely. you know, you'll be put on a pedestal for that that client because you you took the initiative to pick up the phone and answer their call, right? Mm-hmm. And answer mm-hmm. their question. Well, I talked a little bit about the uh, procedures that are changing in our insurance company where everything was being done by email, but now when we have a new submission, a new line of business that gets uh, needs to be written, we're just reaching out by phone quickly. Quickly. For the same thing, for the same reason, so that we can follow up quickly so that we can close that sale. Right, right. And that's that's really what it comes down to, that furiously fast lead follow-up. That's a stolen Julie Harris line, by the way. Furiously, furiously fast, fast lead, lead follow-up, right? I like it. Get it done as quick <clears throat> as possible. So if our objective in the follow-up section was to set uh, appointments, what do we end up doing in these appointments? Presenting presenting right that's exactly what we end up doing this is where you actually sit down with the client right this is the point at which you've uh, made an initial contact maybe you've identified you've pre-qualified this client so you know exactly what it is they're looking for you know exactly what position they are currently in Mm -hmm. and you have a good idea of how you're going to end up helping these particular clients Mm -hmm. right and so you're going to sit down and you're going to you're going to have a presentation ready right these are these are pretty much canned scripts how you're gonna you know every industry has a different type of script mm-hmm. but they're all pretty much the same general concept which is you know client has a problem right mm-hmm. has a, a few uh, concerns that they might have with uh, doing business with you now or later or whatever there's a few issues that they need to solve right so your your job in this presentation is to first identify what those issues are. And you should be able to identify them when you're pre-qualifying them, by the way, mm-hmm. in the follow-up section. But when you get there, you kind of reiterate what the problems that you've found from based on the conversation that you've had, you identify these problems. And then your presentation should basically be geared towards the solution to these problems. Naturally, yeah. Right? That makes sense. Natural progression. Natural progression. You're going to solve these problems. And then the closing should just be basically the solution to the problems that they had. Right. So it's like when you write an English paper, right? You do your introduction, then you have your body paragraph, which is all of your supporting uh, supporting sentences from that first paragraph. And then you have your closing statement, which is basically the first paragraph redone. Pretty much. Reworded. Right. And that's the generalized, the generalized outline. I mean, exactly what you said right there, how you structure an essay is pretty much how you structure uh, most scripts when it comes down to the presentation. Mm-hmm. They, you shouldn't have an, you shouldn't have a PowerPoint ready to go. Right. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't that kind of presentation. Right. Mo- right. You're going to lose most of your clients if you're like that. But if you've if you've literally done the follow up, um, used a, qual- a pre qualification script mm-hmm. to identify these needs, then when you get there, the presentation isn't so uh, isn't so forced, right? You're right. you're addressing their needs. The conversation and the presentation is about what they are looking for, and then you're identifying how you're going to help them achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. your closing is is really nothing more than 
this, you know, I've, I've identified your needs. I told you how we're going to help them. Let's get this done. Well, if you've done your job in that follow-up and if you've figured out how you're going to be of service to them and you have been of service to them and you've uh, developed a relationship with them, then the presenting part should be pretty easy. Yeah, it should be. You already know what they need because you've had so many conversations with them. You've had so many touches, right? So you already know what they need and you just bring a package together that shows them exactly how you are going to help them meet all of their different concerns. Right. And, you know, and every industry has a different type of package, right? So in real estate, we have a pre-listing package and it's basically, uh, it's, it's a folder that has, um, the, it's like an FAQ type thing, right? Mm -hmm. All the different things that seller usually asks is in this package. So that way, when they get this particular information, prior to our appointment, mm-hmm. right? They already have most of the questions answered. So when we get there, we're really, really focusing and narrowing down on what we're going to talk about when it mm-hmm. comes to real estate. Mm-hmm. Insurance would be the same thing, right? Yeah, you have all of the information that you've already gathered from the conversations that you've had. You've thrown them into a quote that you got from you know the insurance company and you have this package that's going to show them all the different coverages, all the different options. You know, let's you are a restaurant, so you absolutely need to protect all of your inventory. So we have this food spoilage in there for you. You know, you sell you serve alcohol, so we have liquor liability included here for you, etc., etc., etc. Everything that you needed was already there. Right, right. And this is based on the pre pre-qualification, right? This is part of right. your follow-up. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> so essentially, you know, you're you're in your follow-up phase, we talked about setting the appointment and so that you can do the presentation. Mm-hmm. But in reality, your presentation has happened since the first time you met or made for initial contact with this individual. Absolutely since true. Since the lead generation, you've started your presentation. You know, the fact that you get to the appointment and you're doing a formal presentation mm-hmm. um, is is more like the icing on the cake, right? Mm-hmm. At this point, you're just clarifying how you're going to help this particular client. But your presentation started from the moment you met them when you initiated the con- conversation with them and the conversation was about them. I love you it. listened to them and you've identified, you know, certain attributes about this person, certain characteristics, certain stories about them, but it was them talking about themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then it was the follow-up, right? Now we're, we're able to more address, uh, take, take into account more of what they need and start to help them out a little bit or answer questions that they might have along the way. Even though they're not in that buying window, you're answering the questions that they might need Again, continuing your presentation. And when you get to the point where you are in that buying window, now it's the formal presentation, this, you know, the scripted, you know, this is your problem. This is how I'm going to help you get to the problem. Let's get this thing done. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's where the, that's where, that's where the end of the deal is going to end up happening here. <clears throat> right. But the presentation has been happening since you've started initial communication. It has. It has. And it's, it's really funny because I think about uh, that 10 step process that I developed for our company. And it's actually applicable even in what we're talking about right now. So step one is to obtain your lead, right? Lead generation. And uh, in the, included in step one is to develop the relationship and gain their trust. Right. 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 And that's everything that we've talked about through the lead generation and the follow up. Right. So all of that has already been done. Um, and then uh, the next step is to uh, obtain the information pertinent to the line of business. Right. 
Right. right? And now this is Which something is, that's general information, right? It's general information. and But it's still what we are doing during the follow-up process. It's the information that's pertinent to this particular client, to what we need to know about their business and about their industry in general. This is the pre-qualifying phase, it's right? The pre-qualifying this is, phase. This is where we're getting their name, address, what business they're in, what mm-hmm. what risks they might have, right? All these different things, right? And then the next step is to input all of that information into whatever database that we use in 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 our company, right? But it could be uh, the MLS for a real estate agent, or it could be you know any number of things for for whatever industry that these people are in, and you come back with a quote right like hey this is the package this is the presentation right right this is how i think we will best meet your need exactly right yeah and then and that's really what's what and this is stuff that you know was developed for for specifically for our company but it's actually applicable all over the place right kind of cool yeah it is it is because the same process because you're in sales regardless right yeah insurance agent real estate agent contractors whatever it is you're in sales so the sales process is the same no matter what industry you're in. It's still lead follow. It's still lead generation, follow up, presentation, and uh, you know that gets us into the next part, which is you know we're going to be talking about negotiation here. So mm-hmm. you know you're presenting, and and there is going to be some back and forth, right? We are going to talk about you know it, not everybody can do everything all at once that you're presenting as far as needs and wants. So you're going to have um, some pushback and some adjustment here. Right. Be be weary of of the negotiation section of the sales process. This is this is still you being of service to other people. They may not be able to afford everything that you're offering. Mm-hmm. Right. They may not be able to buy that million dollar home. They may not be able to get the policy with the with the lowest deductible. They might not be able to do all these different things that they want. Mm-hmm. But you're going to help them get to what they need, right? This is right. where the negotiation happens. And uh, in real estate, we have negotiations. It could be when we're presenting to a homeowner that wants to sell their property. We can negotiate on price or mm-hmm. terms mm-hmm. or open houses or whatever. But it's also on the other end. Once the house is on the market, there's a negotiation process for us with between buyer and seller. Absolutely, right? yes. So, so you know, there's, there's different ways, um, different parts of the negotiation process after presentation, mm-hmm. right? Um, it could be, you know, in, in insurance, you might have some pushback from a, from a client, right? You've had a, you've Every had day, a, yeah. You've had a couple incidents there, I'm sure. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Right? So you're, you're trying to figure out the best strategy um, to help your client meet the needs that, they, that they're looking for, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I mean, what, I, what I have here on the notes, we did the real estate agent, we talked about the, oh, we have the, the tax repair, right? What are the best strategies to legally pay minimum ta- the minimum amount of taxes? This is a negotiation process that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you as the client want to pay the least amount of taxes. Always. And, and me as a tax repair wants to make sure that you fit the criteria to take a particular deduction or not. Mm-hmm. So that's part of our presentation that we're sitting there when we're talking to the client and we're negotiating back and forth, right? Oh, you know what? That's, you know, um, I, I appreciate where you're going there, but the law says you have to do it this way. The IRS says you have to do this or Mm -hmm. you're qualified for only this amount of credit or maybe it's a deduction versus a credit you know whatever it is but there is still a negotiating factor there definitely and remember that you're always trying to do what's in the best interest of the client right and so when you're talking about that negotiation with your client you got to always frame your your what you're what you're talking about how you're going to to suit the needs of that 
particular of what they want, right? And that's part of your pre-qualification. So your pre-qualification is you're identifying what their needs are. Mm-hmm. And when you're negotiating with their, with your client or when you're negotiating on behalf of your client, you're always doing it so that they so that you're trying to meet those needs the best possible way. Right? Yep. All right. So we got presentation and negotiation. Not too bad. We got, we got through two of them, right? So we got lead yeah. generation. We got um, follow-up. We got presenting, negotiating, and then, of course, everybody's favorite. ABC. Always be closing. closing. All right. So the, the end is closing. And honestly, honestly, closing is nothing more than uh, you did a good job on the other ones. You did a good job in lead generation. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you've made the contact. You did a great job in follow up, which helped you find the uh, sales window. Right. Right. And then you uh, you've been of service and you go to present how you're going to meet the needs of your particular client. You negotiate through the uh, through the little details, the minutia in that deal. And if you do all those things well, closing should be just a natural reaction to it. Closing is just a it's just part of the deal, right? Cool. Yeah, now we've ironed everything out. Let's uh, let's sign a, let's sign a couple papers. Should almost be effortless. It should be pretty much effortless. I mean, a lot of people put you know, th- there's a lot of emphasis on closing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the best closer. I have a high close ratio. Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely important. It it is definitely important, but I think there's I personally I think there's too much emphasis on that uh, that idea of closing mm-hmm. because because mm-hmm. I think it stems from uh, closing a cold call. You know what I mean? Like, I've never talked to this person ever. They're a random number on my list that I picked up somewhere. I called them and I convinced them to buy, you know, a $100,000 property. Right. Boom, on the first call. You know, mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. that's where people, you, that that's the impression that people get when they hear closing. I think of auto sales, yeah. right? Car sales, uh, where I did it for like a month, maybe, uh, my first year in the Navy. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a phase. So, yeah, it was a phase. But, uh, you know, they always talk about if you don't close the sale right there, they're going to go across the street and buy a car right there. Right. You know, right. You, if, if you don't close the sale right then and there, that day, you've lost it. Yeah. Right? So that's why closing can be, you know, can be such an intimidating part. But... You know, let's think about car sales for a second. If you are someone who is out generating leads, if you're a a car salesperson and you're out generating leads, right? Every time you speak to somebody new, every time you have all this stuff going on and you have your magic number, right, Right. set up so that you know exactly how many people have to be in your pipeline and you're consistently, consistently following up with those people and maybe they're not quite ready to buy and maybe they kind of know what they want they need a little bit of direction you're helping them meet their needs next thing you know you have this car that is perfect for them and you're like hey come check this out here's your car here's your dream car and they come over to the dealership and they come check it out and you negotiate a little bit with them that's it you're pretty clo- much done. The closing part is already done and before see, they even walk in the door. You know, when you're talking about, you, you know, you, you used car salesmen, but car salesmen get a, a bad rap mainly because they're trying to close you the moment they meet you, right? The moment you walk up to the dealership, they're trying to close you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so for the most part, that's where the bad rap comes in when it comes to closing. But that's why I was saying if you have, if you're the type of salesperson who just has a consistent pipeline because you're out generating leads... 
That's a different and, story. And that that was going to be my point. That's There's exactly low, it. Low pressure. Is is the the negative connotation comes from they walk up and they're trying to close you, close you, close you. And you know that they're trying to close you. And they know that they're trying to close you. But uh, a high top producing salesman, whether it's a car salesman or any other industry, even if you're using the car salesman, if they're using the same money making activities like you just said, then the, their closing is not something that they're doing right off the bat. They've been working their group, their circle of influence, their leads mm-hmm. constantly. And that's why they become top producers. Right. Not because they saw more people walking down the sidewalk that they pulled into the store. That's not how they got the not most. Not because they're more charismatic and they just have that pizzazz and no, can close No, no. It. It's because they're always closing. They're always lead generating. They're always prospecting. They're always being of service. They're recommending different tires maybe different services different Mm -hmm. you know they're always talking about what it is that they do so when it's time for me to buy a car i'm going to go to the guy who i know does that right right because and does it well and does it well because i don't want to be i don't want to go to the dealership and be sold everybody who looks for a car dreads that right very true they dread that they would rather know somebody at the dealership and go that route yes be the guy they know be the guy that they know. Be the guy that your best friend told you about. Right. You know, right. or their best friend told you about. And that, and, and again, even the most dreaded sales job, right? Even that car salesman who gets that bad rep is going to be a good salesman if he follows the five money-making activities, right? And if he makes himself of service to others as opposed to just trying to... Make a sale. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Be, be of service to others. Right, and and it comes down to um, the work we don't want to do, right? Got to. It do that. really comes down to the work you don't want to do, and and there's no sugarcoating it. There's no way around it. We talked about it. We said it's lead generation and follow up. Those are the two biggest things that are gonna fill the pipe that are gonna keep you going to find mm-hmm. that sales window. But how do you get there? You do it by doing the things that you don't want to do when you don't want to do them at the highest level, right? This is this is cold calling. Right. Yep. Oh, that's an ugly word. Yeah. Oh, the ugly word. But it's not really cold calling, right? I mean, it, it, yeah, you can go down a yellow page list, <laughs> right, or whatever White it is. Pages, yeah. Whatever it is on Google these days. Yeah. Right. You can go down Google, the list yeah. and randomly call people, but that would be kind of a waste of time, right? Mm-hmm. You're generating your list based on your industry. You're looking for specific lists that can help you generate more. So they're not absolutely cold, right? You're more targeted. So, you know, don't so waste- maybe maybe you don't know exactly what those lists are. Maybe you need another set of eyes looking at your business to kind of help you and figure out where you can start generating those leads. Who can you start calling? Money Coaching Club. Oh, Money Coaching Club. Oh, yeah, that's that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's cool. You know, and, and that's true. The Money Coaching Club can look at your business a little bit different, right? Maybe you are picking up these cold call lists, but maybe when we're looking at your, your business, we're going to say, hey, instead of calling these ones, maybe you should be focusing on calling these ones. Mm-hmm. And we think you should call these ones because of this. Right, and I think if you do this, you your closing ratio might increase because you're probably going to close more of them in a shorter amount of time. Exactly. Right, and so you know it's just it's just a little bit different uh, look at to what you're already doing. Just an out- outside perspective. That's all. Yep. 
same thing, you know, the other work we don't want to do is we got to follow up on calls, right? If if uh, if we are spending money on leads, which we don't think you should do, there's nope. plenty of business out there. But if you are, why aren't you calling them up right away? Don't go out. Don't don't close any day. Don't leave the office any day without your follow up calls being made 100 percent of the time. And, you know, kind of on that note, one thing that I learned early on in my uh, career in the insurance industry uh, one of our agents, instead of making that phone call, he would just drive over. He would make sure that all of his lead, uh, the leads that he did buy, not that we're recommending it, but the leads that he did buy were in the zip code where he lived. And instead of calling, he just drove to the people's business and showed up and his closing ratio was very high. That's because the the personal interaction, right? personal interaction so so there, there's the difference most people who are who are gonna buy leads and if you're gonna buy leads you're gonna buy leads i can't stop you i can try to encourage you not to there's plenty of other ways to make money but if you're gonna do that don't do it like everybody else is doing it don't get an email lead and then email the client and expect some side of some sort of miracle for them to call you don't get an you know a text lead and then text that client back and hope that they're gonna call you pick up the phone make that connection or I, I really like what what the agent was doing where you show up right mm-hmm. you know i have a list of for sale by owners i have a list of expireds on the real estate side and i could spend all day just leaving voicemails or wrong numbers but you know what i do have is the address and i could knock on the door show up show up right do the work you don't want to do is it more fearful to get a no over the phone than it is to get a no in person yeah it is but guess what Doing the one in person is probably the most money productive activity than it is picking up the phone, right? There's always one that's a little bit better. Can I make money from texting my clients? Sure. You're probably going to have to text a lot more. Right. Can I make money from emailing? Sure. But you're probably going to have to email a lot more. Can do I make the work mo- that you don't want to do? Can I make money from t- making the phone call? Much more likely than the other one. Absolutely. And then if I actually show up in person and make a personal connection it really increases the odds, right? I would I would believe so, absolutely. And don't and remember, I mean, you're already there. You're building this connection. The other thing that that we fail to do is ask for the referral. Right? You That's a hard did thing to a do good sometimes. job. Didn't your client happy with the work you did? Didn't you help meet their needs? Didn't you get them from point A to point B? Shouldn't they be raving fans? Aren't they happy to have done work with you? Weren't you of service? You better believe it. So why don't you ask for the referral? You're you, Once you're done, one of the things is, hey, you know, I really appreciate you doing business with me. I hope the experience was, you know, as good for you as it was for me. By the way, who do you know could use my services? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and you'll be surprised. They're happy with you. You did a great job. Chances are they're going to at least tell you one or two, maybe three people that you can then follow up on. Oh boy, there's that word again. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so we're right back at it, and we're right back at it. You got to do the work. I mean, hands down. And there, there's there's nothing other than get out there and do the work. Right. Nothing's gonna be handed to you. You have to get down and dirty. Do the work. Working is not listening to podcasts. Although we do really like the fact that you listen to our podcast. Thank you for that. And thank you. Yes, very much so. And uh, speaking of referrals. We would love for you to share our podcast with anybody who you think might benefit from the five money-making activities. We would love to, yeah, we would love that. Thank you very much ahead of time. Yeah, for sure. And remember, I mean, ultimately, you're a salesperson. That's it. 
just take a second, swallow that pill. There right? you go. You are a salesperson. We are salespeople. And that's it. You're out there selling what it is that you do. And if you're not lead generating, you're not following up, you're not presenting, you're not mm-hmm. negotiating, then you will not be closing and you not will not be cashing that check. Imagine how much of a difference it would be if you did that for a week straight. How many deals do you think you can close? Right? Try two weeks, three weeks, a month straight. It's a life-changing, life-changing thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just doing those five activities and everything else is just the busy work. Right? One last time, our five activities, lead generation, follow-up, presenting, negotiating, and closing. And that's it. That's it. That's what's going to get you to the promised land. Figure out what those things are for your industry. And if you need help figuring out what those things are, then definitely reach out to us. You can find us at www.csfirst.com. You can email us, james at csfirst.com. Or hernan at csfirst.com. Or you can follow us on Facebook at csfirst. Or on Twitter at Trades on the Road. And that's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye-bye. And I'm out.